Sometimes faith can feel as cold as winter, and it can look as dark as winter too. I grew up in the cold in Wisconsin, so I understand being physically cold. But I also understand being spiritually cold, feeling distant from God because of depression, because of sickness, because of friends dying. I feel distance from God often, and I used to fight those feelings, but now I embrace them, and I sit with them. Winter Faith has become my new home. So I created the Winter Faith Podcast because sometimes faith feels like winter. I'm ready to talk whenever. So my faith started, um, I mean, maybe 10 years ago, I would say, is when my faith journey really started. I started questioning things pretty early on. I was probably about, I don't know, eight or so when I really started asking some hard questions of my parents. Um, Like, you know, why did the Egyptians drown as they were crossing the Red Sea if God loves everyone? And, you know, stuff like that. I was, things weren't adding up for me really young. Um, And looking back, I think that caused a lot of anxiety for me as a kid, just feeling like these were the, this was the information, the answers that I was getting, but then they weren't really making sense um, with things that I was being told about God, like God is love and God is all these things. And yet these things are happening in the Bible. And so things just weren't adding up for me. Um, but I was very much a part of my youth group. I was very much a part of church. And so, um, I just adopted, you know, those things that I was told and I just kind of kept my head down and just, just did what you do Mm -hmm. as, um, an evangelical Christian. And, um, so when I was in college, I think is when things really started to change for me um, faith wise. So that was about like 10 to 12 years ago, I guess when that really started. Um, and I just felt like I was living a lie. So I went to a small Christian school and I just wasn't really subscribing to the things that my peers were subscribing to anymore. Um, I just, I didn't really love church. It wasn't making a lot of sense to me. Um, I was feeling more and more supportive of the LGBT community. Um, Purity culture was, yes, buddy. Purity culture was seeming almost dangerous to me. I was starting to realize some of the ways that that had kind of harmed me um, Mm -hmm. and how out of touch I was with my own like sexuality. um, And just, just certain things weren't adding up. There was a lot of like these really great Christian people, you know, like quote unquote, good Christians um, who were unkind and I just, things just didn't make sense anymore. Um, but I felt like, oh my goodness, I must be, um, the devil must have me. Right. So I just need to like, keep pressing forward. I need to read my Bible more. I'm not doing enough devotions. I need to make sure that I'm dating the right people. And, um, so I just kind of like muddled through that. And then, um, after college, Um, when I was really on my own, my dad at this point had really started to become a bigger name, um, in sort of the deconstructing community. And, um, I started feeling more and more, um, 
like this sort of freedom to explore some of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I started to, I started to move into this space of like, what would happen if I, if, you know, these things didn't matter to me, you know, what would happen if I was going to church less? What would that mean for my relationship with God? And what if I'm not doing devotions? What does that mean for my relationship with God? Um, And so just kind of dabbling in these sort of new ways of thinking and new ways of doing things. Um, And that went on for a little while. Um, you know, I was dating a guy at that time who I'm now married to, and um, he was we're also nobody. My four year old here, um, but he was also sort of, I think, deconstructing in his own way. Um, and right. I think Mel felt more freedom in his community to do that, and so he had been for a long time. And I don't think he was even seeing it as deconstruction. It was just sort of like, oh no, this is just I'm just free to have the faith that I have, and I'm free to just think about things the way I think about things. And so that encouraged me as well. Um, So that's just sort of a a little bit about my journey, a little bit about where I came from. I think now in terms of my faith, um, I've just become really at peace with the unknown. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I've left this place of feeling like I must know everything. I have to have a handle on everything. I need to know exactly how to get to heaven. I need to know exactly what God thinks about this, this, and this. And now mm-hmm. I'm at this place where, um, I might not ever know, I might not ever have answers to really anything. Right. Mm-hmm. And what does that look like? Do I actually have, you know, enough faith in God or this higher power to believe that I'm okay if I don't know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's led me to a place of less fear, less feeling like I have to control things. Um, my relationships are just so different because I'm no longer, I no longer have relationships with this sort of agenda in mind of bringing people to Christ or, you know, making sure that my family members are joining me in heaven so that they've like said this random obscure prayer that we're supposed to pray. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just a totally different feeling at this point. Um, and a lot of my, spirituality is tied more to daily practices and just how I live my life um, instead of just sort of like these big moments or sitting down with my coffee and a pen and a highlighter and my Bible and my devotions and whatever and doing this sort of like long drawn out thing um, just learning how to how everyday life can be holy so I would still consider myself a Christian Mm -hmm. um most people would not, I th- or not most people, but there are people who do not consider me a Christian. Sure. Um, I would consider myself still a Christian um, loosely. <laughs> no, I think I'm a Christian in the way that I think maybe Christianity should be, but not mm-hmm. necessarily in the way that it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, that's been very much, I've come to a place where it's no longer, I'm a Christian because I have to be, but it's, it's a choice for me at this point. You know, this has been something that I'm now choosing because, um, it resonates with me and I've been able to explore it for myself. So it's just a totally different feeling. Does that help? Like, does that make sense? Yeah. So you're at a point, you know, it's interesting. So the giving up on solving all of the questions and answering all your questions has given you freedom and liberation kind of from a past version of Christianity that has maybe helped you settle in a different place that seems more comfortable, would you say? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, um, yeah. There's so much more safety, I think, in this place. Um, you know, I think before there was this illusion of safety and illusion of control because I thought mm -hmm. I had the formula and I thought I had the answers. Yeah. But I'm finding it that the safety has actually come from being okay with not knowing and right. being able to almost like it's almost like you're kind of gliding through life a little bit easier instead of mm -hmm. gripping it so tightly, which doesn't mean that, you know, I still have oh, anxieties. I still have anxieties and fears and struggles. And, you know, it's not like, oh, life is perfect on the other side. Right. But right. the the thought process is different. Right. Yeah. And so I believe kind of like doubt and oh, questioning no. are kind of essential to the faith journey. Mm -hmm that you have to have those things. And actually like, that's a, that's a great part of faith is being able to ask questions. Um, and I think that like, for me, that sometimes has led to like darker places because mm -hmm. of the unknown. And so I call them like, kind of like winter periods of faith where God feels like cold, that my faith feels like mm -hmm. cold and dark, God feels distant. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like winter. Um, and not just as like a season, like I think some people have seasons of winter, but mine seems to kind of just be all the time. Um, so it's interesting, like, have, has any of the leaving your old Christianity led to dark periods or winter periods for you? Yeah, I actually really resonate with what you're saying about winter kind of feeling constant, because okay. I think there's this piece where when you, when you leave something that you've known your entire life, um, you're just constantly feeling like you're almost not doing it. Lila. Okay. Get the remote. Um, you know, life with kids. Yes. Um, I know it well. Go get it, please. Go get it, please. Um, but you're almost constantly feeling like you're constantly second guessing where you are. Like, am I doing this right? Have I missed mm -hmm. something? Um, you know, this is sort of the way that I was taught to relate to God. So if I'm relating to God this way, is this not okay? Um, so I think, you know, I was just talking to a friend about this last night and just, um, there's so many fears still in, in that place of deconstruction. Um, because it is a different feeling. Like there isn't this sense of like, almost a sense of a high that you have when you're like a part of this community and you're kind of like, you're worshiping to this music and you're, you know, mm -hmm. everybody's sort of like elevated and hyped and mm -hmm. you're living life um, sort of like more realistically. So you're living in these places of real hard um, and one of the things that's been, you know, it's been, it's been tricky and a struggle for me is, you know, in my hard times in the past, I always was like, all right, God has a plan for this. God's in control. Yeah. Like yeah. God's got this. And I don't, I don't see things that way anymore. Um, there's more of a blurry line for me as to like what God controls and what is, what is just life and humanity mm -hmm. and how much of a hand God has and things like that feels blurry to me. So, you know, when we, when I face hardships, um, especially as someone who struggles with mental health stuff, anxiety and OCD, when I face hardships, I, do, I can no longer cling to that illusion that like God will fix it mm -hmm. or that God is somehow going to change my circumstance. And that's really, really hard. And 
that has really led me to some places of feeling like, oh my gosh, is everything just hopeless? Right. Um, so I think when you're, when you're sort of deconstructing some of those old thoughts, you do kind of slide into this place of trying to figure out, okay, so then, you know, what is the hope then? And what, you know, what is like the silver lining and all of this? Like, okay, God is with us in hardships, but what does that mean? And what does that look like? And mm-hmm. what if I don't feel that? <laughs> like, what if I don't feel right. that? Then what, you know? Um, so that's, I mean, that's really hard. And um, I don't know if that's kind of some of what you were talking about, but I, I also talk a lot to, um, you know, people who are early on in their deconstruction and struggling with some really significant, um, you know, anxiety and depression because, they just don't know how to be without that faith that they knew. And so right. they're in, they're in some of that, like that winter faith place mm-hmm. where, you know, a friend said to me last night, she's like, I just have, I just feel zero connected to God. And I'm like, well, I think that's fine, you know, mm-hmm. but to her, it doesn't feel fine because her entire life, it was like, if you don't feel God, if you don't feel a connection, if you don't feel this stirring in your heart or blah, 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 then like, you're not close to God. And so that's still like imprinted on our brains that if we're not feeling it, it's not there. Yeah. And that's all connected to just emotions, which can come and go at any time. And when you're younger, the emotions are going to be more of a roller coaster. So it's all connected to, yeah, how you're feeling, which like can be a really false sense of truth, I think. And it comes down more to like, what are you committed to? Like just a simple example of like marriage, like you have great feelings for that person some days, (laughs) some days the feelings are not as strong. And that's like a part of, or being a parent, like that's all like this up and down. And then people apply that to their faith in God and you take away the emotional experiences of, of, worship and you try to like talk to people about just what's going on in their life because I think in some ways like people go and some people like this about Christianity they go to the most energetic biggest worship um at a church because it's yeah it does something to your emotions and it takes you away um so I think that that makes sense what what you're saying like hey it's okay to not feel things because feeling is not everything um, it's important, mm-hmm. but it also comes down to like your, your actions and, um, right. and how, how you're talking about what you believe in. And, um, some of that stuff doesn't have anything to do with, with feelings sometimes, but, um, right. Right. And can, can we be, be okay with those moments? Can we be okay with those moments where we're, we're not feeling things or that sort of winter faith? Like, can yeah. we be okay with that and allow ourselves that process as painful as it is, instead of, kind of willing ourselves out of it or putting pressure on ourselves to be in a different place. Yeah. To be in a different place and to think that that's like wrong or bad or not being a good mm-hmm. Christian. Um, right. And I kind of talk about like all through scripture. I think there's a lot of people that have winter faith moments and God doesn't condemn them for it. Right. Right. Um, so, and I'm still a person that like identifies as a Christian and I don't like, use the word like deconstruction, although I probably should, Mm -hmm. I probably would get more hit, more, uh, more hits on my (laughs) 
subscription or something but that's that's yeah. like the and word more hate. you get more hits and more hate yeah maybe <laughs> that's that's the word that I've that I'm basically talking about um yeah. but um yeah a lot of it comes down to like how people use scripture too and so I try to have like a I try to have different views on on some scripture and how people are used how is how do you look at at scripture today how has that changed for you yeah I used to read scripture like it was a kind of chicken soup for the soul <laughs> type book like I would look for those verses that meant something to me or that made me feel comforted and alive and seen and that kind of thing and scripture for me now is so much more of like an academic study in mm -hmm. so many ways than it ever was before I'm just realizing how much I never knew about the culture um like the cultures that were surrounding some of the biblical stories that I was reading and just kind of like throwing verses out on, into Facebook posts or like into <laughs> conversations like I had no idea what I was talking about hmm. um, but I'm like oh it's in the bible so like I can just take that out and put that here and you know it just mm -hmm. now looking back I'm almost like I'm like embarrassed about how I use the bible and how I would kind of weaponize certain verses and hmm. um so now the bible for me is um, yeah, it's much more, more of a source of study. It's much more of a resource, mm -hmm. um, for my relationship with God, as opposed to being like the top tier of my relationship with God. Um, so that, that has been sort of interesting. And, um, you know, one of like, one of the bigger hurdles in, um, my current deconstruction journey has been figuring out like how I'm going to, do the faith thing with my own kids. You know, my mm -hmm. kids are young, they're two and four. So as a child, like I was learning all the Bible stories and I was doing all the crafts and at Sunday school, we were doing all the felt boards. Right. And so, yeah, yeah. um, we, we don't like, we have chosen not to really read the Bible to our kids. Um, we have a children's Bible. They don't really, ask, they haven't really, they don't really ask to read it necessarily, but it's kind of mm -hmm. there. Um, but we don't really talk a ton about the stories. We talk about Jesus and who Jesus was. Mm -hmm. Um, and we talk about God, but, um, you know, and at Christmas time, we talk about the nativity story and, you know, some of that kind of stuff, but, mm -hmm. um, we've just sort of chosen to, um, take a step back on some of that biblical stuff that was really confusing for me as a child and sure. really focus on, um, you know, feeling presence, peaceful presence, um, like some of those easier concepts right. and more loving concepts of God. And then as they get older, obviously there's, there's always space to change things and move things. And, um, you know, I love, I would love for my kids to experience the Bible, but I think at this age, it's just not going to make much sense to them, <laughs> um, mm -hmm. as more than just stories. So I kind right. of want to treat it like that, but um, but it's, you know, it's hard. It's just, it's hard to know. That's where we've kind of landed. Right. Um, but I'm not like, don't read the Bible to your kids. Like, you know, <laughs> right, right. it's just sort of where we've landed, just kind of like anything else. That's just, we're like, all right, this is where we're going to do it. And we're going to see what happens. And, um, so yeah, so the Bible is just, it's just a different, um, yeah, I don't have my Bible open every day. 
So I kind of like put put myself in the right frame of mind for things or something comes up and I'm like, I'm really curious about that. And I'm opening like my biblical commentary and, you know, so that's- Yeah, you're pursuing it much more. Yeah, really trying to understand it academically and that, and like kids can't do that, obviously. So it's totally different. Right. Um, Right. Yeah. And also your, um, your podcast- um, that you're doing, if you could talk about, talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So, um, I co-host a podcast called the deconstructing mama's podcast, and it kind of came out of this, this sort of unknowing of how to parent my kids while I was also in deconstruction. It felt really like odd and vague to me. Um, and I was having a lot of feelings of, you know, the way that I was parented must be the right way the things that I was taught as a child, like must be the right things. And so it felt very odd for me to veer away from those, even though something in my gut was saying like, no, we're doing this differently. Um, so, um, I was thinking about it for a long time and just didn't have the bandwidth to do it. And, um, a friend of mine who's in a book club with me was like, I love this idea. Let's do it. And so, um, she's an older mom and I'm a younger mom. Her kids are, um, graduated college now. So they're older. Um, her one daughter is actually close to my age. And, um, so we talk a lot about just some of the stuff that you're talking about, you know, Mm -hmm. those sort of hard points of faith that don't make a lot of sense where you're in these places where you don't feel comforted and safe. You just kind of feel like a wanderer. Um, and what do you do with that? And, and really just I think more than anything, Hey, here's a community that gets it. You're not alone. So many people who are in that place just feel alone. They feel like everyone is getting something that they're not getting, you know, or knows something that they don't know. Um, I know for me, I have kind of, I don't really feel like I fit into um, like anywhere, you know, I don't Mm -hmm. feel like I really fit into Christian circles that I used to be a part of, Um, you know, people sort of look at me different or they don't understand what I'm doing. And then, you know, I don't, I also don't really fit into atheism, right? Like I'm, I'm not an atheist. So it's sort of, where do I feel like I fit in? It's this new group of people, basically these Mm -hmm. sort of like wandering, um, in some senses feels like outcasts. Mm -hmm. Um, and so there's a lot of other people out there. And as we've grown our podcast, we're realizing that more and more, like there are so many people that just have nowhere to be safe and nowhere to feel known. Um, and so we really tried to um, interview as many people as we can in the deconstructing community that, um, are just really safe, loving people. So, you know, not people who are like bringing their pitchforks and, um, flames to, to the church to like kind of burn it down, but people Mm -hmm. who are just saying like, Hey, that just didn't work for, for me. And there's some really not so great things going on there. Um, and this is what I really want my community to look like. And so here it is. And so, um, we've been doing a lot of that and it's been really, really good. It's been really healing for me. Yes, buddy. It's been really healing for me talking about these things with people. And I know it's been really healing for others. So it's just been a good place and it's been, um, kind of a good, um, just a good outlet, I think for some of, some of the things that I've been going through. So how can people check out your podcast? Um, you can find us at deconstructingmamas.com and really like anywhere that you can listen to podcasts, you can find us. Um, we're pretty, we're out there on Instagram and Facebook too, um, Mm -hmm. at deconstructing mamas. So we're around, (laughs) we're around, you can find us pretty easily. Yeah. 
yeah, I think it's great what you're doing. And I always want to promote the things that, that I think are similar to what I'm doing and, and also, you know, very specific as you're focusing, um, on, on the group that you're focusing on. I know you guys have like a Facebook community and Patreon page and, and so, yeah, I just wanted to kind of, yeah, I wanted to, um, just continue to promote, um, yeah, what you're doing over there. Thank you. I really appreciate it. It's, um, it's definitely, I think you probably maybe have felt this in some ways. It's, it's kind of hard to put yourself out there vulnerably when you're in mm-hmm. this space, you know, and yeah. people have a lot of opinions and a lot of thoughts and it is a really vulnerable place to be in your journey. Um, mm-hmm. and to really openly question, um, things that are happening in, you know, a religion <laughs> that is quite large and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's tricky and it's really hard. So, um, any kind of support, you know, is, is just is so encouraging and so wonderful. So I just really, I really appreciate you saying yeah, that. Yeah. And there's so many people that are, that are searching and seeking and wandering. And especially now, I think a lot of people leaving the traditional evangelical church, which is where most of my ties are. So I think there's mm-hmm. a lot of people in need of like, Hey, how can we be doing more things like this? And, right. um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there, but, um, but I'm just trying to do my, my little part for, for people that will listen. So. Yeah. I feel the same way. Feel yeah. the same way. Just whatever yeah, I can absolutely. do. If one person feels safe hearing, you know, my story, then that's great. Yeah. Wonderful. More than enough. Yeah. Right. Right. Awesome. Okay, let me do that. Thanks for listening to this show today, everybody. I just want to give a few shout-outs. Today's music, the one and only Josh Cleveland. Today's artwork and all the Winter Faith, artwork and digital design, Dominique Montaigne. The intro was done by Scarlet Fox. And I am just grateful to be creating and editing this podcast. My name is Andy Frazier. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Winter Faith Podcast. Subscribe subscribe on all those platforms. And also we are on Patreon if you would like to support the show. And also leave a review on iTunes at The Winter Faith Podcast. Thanks for listening and we will see you next week. Thank you.